0: Welcome to the Product Podcast, brought to you by Product School. Here, you'll get fresh insight from the people at the very top of the tech companies who make the products we love. Remember, you can learn product management live online. Visit productschool.com to discover our new certificate path. There, you can also join the world's largest community of PMs and network with the leaders from these podcasts at our online events.
1: There's something happening almost every day. I'm here with Yulia Malish, the Head of Growth at Miro. Hi, Yulia. Thank you so much for joining us.
0: Hi. Hi, everyone. Thanks for hosting me. It's super cool to be a part of this amazing community.
1: Awesome. So uh, let's, let's dive into the questions. Welcome to the Product Leaders Series. What we're trying to do is sort of elevate the conversation around product management and talk to people who have done awesome things. They've been there, done that, so we can learn from them. I'm very excited to talk to you. Um, So, could you please start by telling us a little bit about your personal journey? How did you get started in product and how did you get to where you are now?
0: Yes, um, so I will actually uh, start from the day I joined Miro. So, I joined this company almost seven years back and I actually joined as a product analyst, but there were only 15 people, so we wear a lot of different hats at the same time. And we don't know even the term of product management, but like we were doing this. So we, what, what we were doing is discover like the patterns of using like the MVP that we were building and figured out how we can uh, like solve user problems or make their user flows better. Um, that is why being an analyst, I also uh, we're working on the website landing page designs, or on the onboarding of the product, and also um, business model that we had. Because I always look at the data and see where we have like frictions and bottlenecks, and that was also like m- my part of responsibility to discover how to remove those friction to help us to grow and solve user problem at the same time. So it was very smoothly uh, transition from like data to the product management Uh, and I think like started three years back, I started to build a product growth function here at Miro. And right now, uh, six cross-functional teams that works in different areas of the product or like for different business metrics from acquisition to activation, monetization and retention.
1: Oh, that's so cool. Uh, So um, as product people, we're always talking about this idea of falling in love with the problem. Could you tell us a bit more about the problem you're trying to solve at Miro?
0: Yeah, so our mission is to empower uh, teams to create the next big things. And the way how companies create right now is changing too. So we see like two big trends like this year, especially first is like, continuous customer centric innovation and like applying these mindsets and second like this work from everywhere situation and mary meeker has identified that um ensure that creativity is captured and productivity is maintained as the most critical problem an issue for the companies at that time and this is something that we want to solve for uh for like for the world and our vision is to live in the world where people can co-create together regardless of their location and like build um good for for our world
1: they've been uh, your boards have been a lifesaver for our teams since going remote yeah. you can't the- you can't <laughs> lean over someone's shoulder and work with them so having that yeah. space it, it's been a, tr- a true lifesaver for us um yeah,
0: this,
1: so, yeah we get
0: this we get we get this feedback it's absolutely like priceless to see that actually uh your product sees someone like working lives and businesses are uh, because, like, there is no other way how they can like um, interact or like
1: create, innovate, and continue running
0: business in this time. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, you, you can care.
1: actually see the impact. Well, it's, it's impacted us for sure. Um, so, if I'm not wrong, you, uh, you were a growth PM before you were the uh, head of growth, in a sense. Um, so you know a lot about growth product management what would you say are some of the biggest myths and misconceptions around growth product management
0: yeah Uh, I think it's way harder than people think it is (laughs) Uh, so sometimes I uh, like I face this like reality or other mentality of it's just testing the ideas so it's simple like you have an idea let's go and test it but actually it's a very hard work underneath because like to make the business like the real business impact uh, you need to have a lot of different context and understand both like the customer problem and just deeply understand their why but also like have this data mindset to like um, connect those two pieces and also like crafting like, the narrative for the good experiments is very important. You can't just, like, idea is not an experiment. And I think this is a misconception as well. Um, and take the uh, output of the experiment results uh, to combine like, the qualitative, quantitative, and experiment results to make the decision. So uh, for me, it's much more work, actually. It needs to be done uh, to be successful in this role that might be, think, if you haven't like, ever tried to do this.
1: Yeah, I suppose uh, some people outside of, well, especially outside of tech, but also outside of product, is people think that a growth product manager is someone who bursts into the meeting room and says, Hey, what if we were on TikTok? And it's like something like that. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. And like one of, uh, like, one thing that I constantly do at my job is asking why question Like, is that like, okay, like, that might be a good idea, but why do you think it could work for us? And then like people start to think, oh, okay, like <laughs> uh, that's a good question. So yeah. I need to figure it out. Okay. What, what, what the input could be like, uh, what is the ratio? will like see, mm-hmm. do you have any evidence that it can work for us or not? Like what is the level of confidence, et cetera. And then like by providing, like by asking the questions and providing them this like thinking process framework, they understood that actually it's, it's not that easy yeah (laughs) it may look like yeah
1: yeah it's it's a lot more work and a a lot less gung-ho than people seem to think it is um Mm -hmm. so moving on to a different tack a little bit we know that to get well to get anywhere but especially to get far in product you have to keep evolving as a professional you have to keep learning new things is there anything that you're interested in learning at the moment or anything that you're like actively learning and how do you make sure that you have time for your own personal development
0: uh that's a good question so um i think like this year is uh, very different for all of us and in this uncertain like stressful and very like shaky times uh we started paying more attention to our like mental health and this is something that we also want to discover how we can provide like we can solve this type of problems with our product as well like uh like while people working in this distributed or remote setup and as i mentioned we also want to help them to co create um the topic of creativity is very interesting for me as well and also like how people can train and uh, evolve creativity because i don't think that this is a talent like just talent that someone we're born with it could be training um like everyone could be creative and actually everyone is creative but like also how to um what are the techniques like frameworks like warm-up exercise like um to uh like to like to maintain your creativity level at the highest yeah this is something that is interesting for me right now
1: okay great uh yeah creativity isn't like a one static thing it's something yeah. that's evolving and it's not something you're born with you can burn bit totally get what you're saying there um so as a growth product leader you must have a lot of strong opinions on how growth is going to work at miro but then you also work with an incredible team who who you work with every day and you respect how do you balance having your own opinions and the amount of influence that you have over the roadmap versus Letting your team voice their opinions and letting them influence the roadmap. Like, how do you how do you find the balance between those two things?
0: Yeah. So I think the major, like my major outcomes, is actually provide the context to the team, and it's like setting up the strategy, like direction, focus, um, that people know uh, why we are going. In this direction like and how this direction looks like how, how we will measure the success while we are going and when I'm providing like different feedbacks and ideas I think it's very important to um, to speak through why I think it's important idea uh, and when i do doing this it's not actually I want to convince people to uh, prioritize this idea but I, I just want to share the context that I have, like from talking to other companies, from talking to our users, from talking to the leadership team, to make sure that they have the same amount of context uh, to make the right decision for the roadmap. And if they have like their own context that I don't have, I also want to hear them um, talking through it. And then it might be like, that's fine. Like, uh, now I see that this is like more important right now than that, like the thing that I'm talking about it right now. Um, so I think with this type of like mindset, I also like just speaking through your intent. like what is your intent? I, I like my intent not to say like what you want, need to do. My intent to make sure that we have the same context and we prioritize, prioritize the roadmap, like, uh, within like the same field. Mm.
1: So again, it's all about collaboration.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's all about collaboration and like asking why.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so um, there are there are so many great tools like yours where they're built specifically for product managers rather than product managers having to piggyback off of other uh, other platforms like, I don't know, uh, Google Sheets, Google Docs, like things that weren't built specifically with them in mind, but where they have to kind of like wrangle them and just make them work. Um so what would you say for product managers what's the best way for them to make the most out of your tool where it's been built sort of with them in mind <laughs> I, um I we recently
0: launched the Mirrorverse is actually our User generated content like library, it's a uh, community templates library. And this is where other companies and other leaders, uh, other product managers from companies share how they use us, our product. And I find it's way more inspirational that sharing like how I am using the product and like what we have in mind because uh, they're more like way more creative um, than we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's also like, again, give you our. Like a big variety of use cases that you can do, and a big variety of frameworks that you can take and not think about um, the framework and the format. And you should just like concentrate on like the thought processes, uh, not creating like the way. Um that mm-hmm. like it should be done, but actually like uh focus on the work. So I encourage everyone to visit the mirrorverse and explore how other companies like kodak Samsung Next, uh AJ and Smart are using our product for and find out like interesting framework that you can apply for a specific use case.
1: Yeah, that's so cool. I know personally that if you hand me a load of templates, I will be playing with them for hours. So that's my afternoon gone. <laughs> that's what I'll <laughs> Just while we're on the topic of tools, I'm quite interested to learn, what are some of the other tools that your team has in their stack? What other things do you personally find useful in your day to day?
0: Pretty generic, I think. So we use Miro, we use Zoom, we use Slack for communication and collaboration. And I think like that's the 80% of our time, like where we spend, um, where we spend uh, like working time and then, like it's more mm, like Google Docs, Google spreadsheets, like yeah. Jira for uh, tracking the uh, tracking the work like, task workflows, we use figma for designs or like they're, but they are more like use case specific and like not all team is using it, but like more uh, more specific functions, but something like that
1: yeah, I think sometimes we we can run after the new shiny tool and just be like, "Oh, I want to try that," and then you've got. 18 different tools on your desktop and you've got a little bit of your work in each of them and that's not the most efficient way to do things I've fallen into yeah. that trap many times um, so but actually uh, yeah I'm I sorry. just wanted,
0: to, but absolutely true and you as a product manager always explore other products also like just to get some inspiration or um, to increase your context what other people are doing where we can like maybe integrate mm-hmm. uh, to make a big impact etc But I always, even like when you think that it's a good product um, and you start to share it with the team, you understand actually how hard it is for like to implement and to introduce new tool within the companies. And it's always like reminding us that people who find us might have the same struggle in their companies. And we also started to think, okay, like what helped us to actually bring this new tool and roll out it to the whole user, uh, to the whole teammates across the team. That's also fun exercise
1: yeah yeah very cool um so i'd love to hear your some of your thoughts on the future uh what do you think is one technology that's about to absolutely blow up
0: uh i think i'm not good at this and like i'm not a (laughs) futurist uh but like artificial intelligence it's not like a new technology but it's evolving and i think like the things it enables um technologies like voices as a in- new interface, which I think are important or some like no code functionality that also help to people to like create something bigger or it will help later on to create this type of presence in a distributed world that is like everyone is liking right now and will be in the future anyway. Like, I can highlight this one, but I'm not an expert in it. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's funny how uh, technology is sort of playing a bigger role in our lives now, especially now that everyone is distributed, everyone's having birthday parties over Zoom, and they're having weddings in mm. Animal Crossing. So <laughs> I, I couldn't believe it. So it's it's going to be interesting to see if technology evolves faster because of how much more we're using it. Yeah, that's going to be uh, interesting to see. Uh, so I know you said that you're not a futurist, but I have one more future related question. Just one more, I promise. Um, growth product management has funnily enough been growing in the last few in the last few years um what do you think is the future of growth product management do you think it will continue to grow in the way that it has been good question i
0: think that the growth product managers um so previously was we'll call them like growth hackers and it was absolutely um uh, different perception of those people who are doing this. Right now, uh, sometimes people think that the job of a growth product manager is like to optimize in something. Uh, But I believe that the biggest growth uh, comes from like changing the fundamentals and actually running some of the zero to one project to create new channels of distributions, create new channel like tactics that then other company might use. And that's more innovative job for me. Uh, so I see mo- moved more from optimization because like this optimization tactics could be applied by any product team, like just um, help product other product teams to learn and apply growth processes and mindset uh, to iterate within the areas and leave more like this like challenging uh and as i said like zero to one project to the growth product manager to discover something new that could like give a potential for growth
1: awesome thank you so that's all the questions that are from me now we're going to open the floor up to questions from our audience and i've seen a couple come in already let's see what we have Okay, I think we might have we might have touched on this already, but it's an interesting question to think about. Uh, how do you see the and it's in brackets unique challenges of twenty twenty affecting the product world slash how your team works? So, is, has anything changed for you guys since everything about twenty twenty? <laughs> <laughs> oh, of
0: course, um, I think that when like when all this like. I know how to say the crisis, like um, coronavirus came. Uh, One of our goal was to urgently transfer all the processes that take place in the office to the remote format. And we did it pretty fast. And on the go, we learned and iterated a lot in terms of like what what is not necessary anymore or what is something we're missing. I think people become more empathetic to each other uh, and try to speak up more and ask question in terms of how you feel uh, or speak up when they see that this process doesn't work anymore, like we need to change because I felt overwhelmed, et cetera. Um, Like constant iteration and asking for a product team to provide feedback for the leadership team, for people team help us to iterate and to come up with the more comfortable processes that we have. Right now, um, and it's also in remote for, like format, I think it's CENIC's more important to provide more clarity on the roles and expectations and responsibilities of like individual contributors and the team. So they, they're not like feeling lost <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like alone in their home. So uh, it's also implies a lot more sometimes the communication, just like confirmation speaking through this um, like over and over again.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. absolutely so we've got a couple more questions coming in let's see you've already touched on most of the topics uh, (laughs) people are asking about maybe we can go in depth a little bit more okay here's, here's an interesting one uh is culture fit at a company as important as people think it is would someone more skilled or experienced but also shy lose out over someone confident in the hiring process
0: Culture fit is definitely important, and we have our special round of interviews also to assess it. And we have our culture champions that also later on help to onboard new like teammates into our culture because like we are growing so fast, and to keep our um, culture strong, it's super essential to hire uh, for a great addition to our culture and also to onboard them and things that we have. But it's not about like shy versus like uh, people who are. Um, strong in some communication yeah. skills we think more about like how collaborative this person is so as we're building collaborative product playing as a team to rule the world is very important for us so we are uh, searching for people who who like, who can co-create and not like have a um, more individual approach um or for example that they have this agile and growth mindset so they can admit their failures and can learn from their failures like and iterate because like we're all doing new things like nobody have done it before so that's it's okay to be like um to be wrong but it's very important to learn from it and like to go and iterate so we also like search for people uh that can like they have this type of mindset
1: yeah i suppose i suppose if you've got mindset as like the the core thing that everyone has in common if everyone was exactly the same in every other way you wouldn't get the diversity of opinions yeah that you need to build
0: absolutely something. so yeah. yeah diversity of backgrounds is also very important so because like every person can bring something uh like bring something both like to your culture and like you to your creativity as a team
1: yeah, and if you're trying to build products for everyone, you need a little yeah. bit of everyone on your team. Exactly. That's
0: so. true. Yeah, that's true.
1: So whoever, whoever asked that question, if you're shy, don't worry, you will get hired by someone <laughs> at some point. We promise. Um, OK, here's a good one, especially, well, especially in terms of the remote context, I guess. How do you balance time between leading a team and your own individual contributions?
0: yeah that was question i don't think like i somehow can like say like 30 percent go to do it hands-on 70 to lead in the team i think i have like this in common in common inbox yeah of things that i have to do and i like there is a 4D uh, framework so I can do something, I can delegate, I can like just deprioritize or delete it. And I usually try to like, it's some. sometimes it's very unconscious in terms of like how I decide like where it's better to um to take it and like work on this myself versus to delegate it to some of the team members. But it's all like depends on the capacity of the team, like the unknown field of the problem, like the seniority level of team members, et cetera. So you have all this um, like fields in mind where you like calculate and prioritize. Uh, but like sometimes once a month, uh, I like literally sit, look at like a big, backlog, let's call it and figure it out. Okay, like this is what I have to delegate. This is uh, like where my most of my time goes, like where it goes. I need to revisit it and think like, okay, how I can free up my time for more important things where I can contribute versus like do keep doing the things that I'm doing just because this is a habit. Uh, It's very important to reflect as like for everyone especially as the manager and a leader reflects on where your time goes mm-hmm. and like then turn like those insights into action items to both like help to and empower the team to grow and also like focus your attention to the most important thing like for the company
1: yeah i like that idea of reflecting rather than following the same process out of habit i think that's a really that's a key insight for anyone to take away from this um, here's, a, here's a fun question that we can finish on because I'm aware that uh, we're running out of time. Uh, are there any unexpected platforms you'd like to try to use for Miro, like TikTok? <laughs>
0: <laughs> um... We actually want to build Mira as a platform that other team can use to distribute their products. So that's, cool. that's cool. It's a yeah, so we are like building an ecosystem that will help others to um, other thought leaders or people who create creating some of our even like technology, uh, to distribute their like the value that they're building through our user base as well I think like if we think about the future and the vision like um, I'm thinking more about it rather than of some unexpected platform that we can um, use but if someone can pitch me idea how the TikTok (laughs) could be used for our growth like (laughs) I'm like open to listen to it
1: you do see brands getting quite creative and you see them and you think I would have thought I'd see you on TikTok but you know somehow they make it work Yeah,
0: if it's very like sometimes it's super natural and organic to the brand that they're doing. So I think it's it's not just like we can't just simply copy like other brands are doing. You need to understand why they're doing and why it works out and think about what could be a unique way for you as a company to um, like to have this something like a very interesting like collaboration between the brands, for example, Mm -hmm. to to have this um, synergy effect.
1: Mm, there's a lot of space for some really cool cool and unexpected things to happen. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well that's, uh, have we got any more questions? Let's just see. Yeah. Okay, okay. we've got time for just one more because I'm curious about this as well. It says, uh, would love to know how you ran meetings pre-pandemic. So how did your in-person meetings go? Or did you do anything special, I guess, before it all went remote and we all did it in the same way?
0: I don't think there would. Be. So we are distributed anyway by nature. Okay. We like h- collocated in hubs, but like we have a lot of um, cross-functional collaboration that is like we're happening in Zoom and Miro anyway. I think we just move more meetings to our to remote mm-hmm. format. But when we gathering in person, um, we when we plan in the quarter or year uh, we tend to have this type of offsides where we just like get out like get out of the building of the room and think more strategically and you know, think about operation that help us also like to align the context talk for it and like right now we're in it right now um, mm-hmm. like we don't have the space where we can gather and also like some people are not like in the same city, and we can't fly to each other to share this content. And we are very limited in terms of times and overlap right now that we can do it. So I miss I miss this time, and it was very important for us actually to meet together in person because. Um, especially when you with people joining uh and to even like go for informal conversation and like dinners have this um i know like jokes inside the room uh because when you hear how people talking how they are behave in real situation then you understand actually how to read the messages that they are sending like Mm -hmm. i know for me it's very important if i understand the personality i can understand like the intent that people are like putting into their message and sometimes when you haven't met this person it's way harder to to understand even the written communication so you you try so you lean into this like um to get to get to know each other more personally thank you for listening to the product podcast if you like this episode don't forget to leave a review on itunes for more product insights head over to productschool.com